When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Usually before a, an interview, it's let me finish my coffee. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound like Chilean miners who just got rescued. Jason Rouse is hanging out in the green room. Hey, how you doing? I'm awesome, dude. Listen, I want to say thank you so much for coming by. Oh, no problem. Um, because, uh, and I, I I, don't know whether, I, I want to fan geek out on you, but okay. even before I started doing amateur stand-up, even before I was into comedy, really, you were my favorite fucking comic. Oh, well, thank you. No joke. How did you uh, come across my career in the early, I guess, 2000s? Uh, I think that it was, if not... It was the first memorable uh, thing for you. It was uh, the Nasty Show. I saw you on the Nasty Show. That was, uh, I think it was 2007. Yeah. At Just for Laughs. Were you at, you were at Just for Laughs? I, was, I mean, I saw it on, oh, on television. On TV. Oh, yeah, great. We, yeah. That was, uh, that was cool. That Not only for the chance, because I've been auditioning for that festival off and on for almost 10 years. As are most comics in Canada. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. We're kind of, uh, you know... Uh, what is it, last to know, first to go yeah. uh, at the festival kind of thing. So um, they always know that they have a talent pool to pull from here. There's always great comics coming out of here and stuff like that. So that was uh, a very cool thing. Not only the my chance to perform at the festival, but on that show and having Nick DiPaolo, you know, Otto and George, Joe DeRosa, Chris Neff, Patrice O'Neill, uh, I don't know if I'm missing anybody, just assassins and having a chance to work with Otto and George. I don't know if you're familiar with... It's the, the marionette. Yes, yeah. the puppet, the puppet, for sure, uh, who was uh, in the Aristocrats, Paul Perenza's movie. Uh, Dave Hudson was the guy who kind that of... That piece of shit. <laughs> put, me, put me in touch with you. Yeah. You've known him for a long time, right? Like you guys. I've of... known Dave. We hit it off... I think right out of the gate, he'd moved to, uh, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, he'd moved to Toronto, and I think we ran into each other uh, either, yeah, it must have been in Toronto, and um, we ended up going to, uh, doing a summer program at Humber for writing and performing, and we just kind of bonded over that, and he's been my buddy ever since. So since 2000, I guess, yeah, wow. 2000, 99 or 2000, I think. Do you yeah, have been my pal, yeah. any dirt on that guy? Like no. Anything? No. They all come out. You've known him all that, but he's so squeaky clean. There's well, the rosy cheeks. A lot of just... people, he's got a whole toolbox full of Bill Cosby sweaters under his bed that he's, <laughs> he's ashamed of. He won't wear them anymore around me, but no, Dave's just an all-around great kind of Canadian dude. You know, yeah. he's just, uh, you know, probably got some perverted... You know, his he probably ha his wife probably has to piss on him in the morning and get him out of bed. It's yeah. something something simple like that, or a secret bookcase that slides apart, and then there's like oh, a, dungeon, a wall of TV screens. Or, yeah, dungeon, dungeon, yeah. laxatives, and just leather masks as far as the eyes can see. Lobster bibs and butt plugs, which is <laughs> a name of his one man show that's coming out oh, this really? fall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leather masks and butt plugs <laughs> and lobster bibs. He said to me one time that every time you guys went out. 
you'd turn around and you were taking a shit somewhere. I take shits outside a lot. I'm an, a naturalist. <laughs> and uh, I use fig leaves and uh, the open uh, countryside to have my dumps. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> sometimes. And uh, uh, yeah, I find that maybe I think it's something that I do maybe when I'm uh, unstimulated and and unentertained and bored. You need to create that. I create. I need to create some sort of chaos. It's not even attention directed to me i just want to change the lane or something and i find shooting on the ground in public places will really kind of it's a conversation starter where's the weirdest place you shit seriously oh what was her name <laughs> Jeez. oh uh, must have been in germany no nope. there's not a weird i don't find uh where is the weirdest place oh on my buddy's wrist by accident oh yeah do you, you apologize for that or you just move on and no, pretend you, it never happened? You laugh as hard as you can and point at him. Okay. And go, look, you have my shit on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, I just uh yeah, I just fuck around with poo, I guess. I don't know. I'm the log father online. That was the log father? The log father. No, I did set up uh do you know uh FetLife? It's fetish uh website. I set up my profile there. But no one's poking around. I put all my name, you know, I'm there's no aliases, my face is there. And you can click on the things that you want and um what you don't want. It's like a, a you your profile kind of grows goes it outsources those kind of people. But all I get is gay clowns named Rick. They keep coming in to want to shit on me. They're the only ones who are into the same shit you're into. <laughs> That's terrible. No, no one's hitting me up. No one's hitting me up on FetLife. That's unfortunate. Um, but that that's a site where you can find shit eaters. I don't know. I've never eaten it. And I've had a girl drink my piss in Kingston, actually. Really? In Kingston, Ontario? Yeah. You know that rock shop on the main strip that goes down to the Howard Johnson? Yes. On the left-hand side, about three-quarters of the way down on that street, I don't even know. There's a, a rock kind of hippie shop. Yeah. It's anyway, not there anymore. But yeah, yeah. This is some time ago, and um, I was with a um, couple other comics, and I'd been in there looking at some rock shirts and stuff and um i saw a young lady behind the uh, not very attractive chest tattoo no uh maybe maybe yeah you know built like kind of like louis anderson see think of dave yeah. hudson with a ponytail <laughs> but but yeah. smaller tits yeah i know the one chest tattoo and um so yeah we but i've been peeing in bottles the whole tour and throwing them in their hotel rooms or put them on their back of their neck when they're driving it they i think they're tired i go oh, you could use oh, a, go, a yeah. hot toddy or something yeah. right and just rub a, a gatorade bottle full of daddy's freshly squares mm. right on there so mm -mm. Uh, i don't know what we're talking about now i've lost my train of thought piss. when you got pissed on in kingston and your fetishes oh yeah yeah i peed in the bottle and oh, anyway I, I invited the girl from the rock shop she ends up showing up on a date she's lesbian and um, with uh, another young lady, and I'm like, all right, whatever. I never really, you know, come and hang out. It's all cool. There was no, like, if you don't fuck me, I'll kill you. And uh, I do think about that sometimes. So, so uh, she shows up. I'm like, cool, we're all hanging out, having drinks in the hotel room. And I it said, uh, who wants to drink some piss? And the her, anyway, I brought the bottle in. And then she asked me if I had anything, maybe an incurable disease or something. And then pounded the piss and then called me in my hotel room after she left like an hour and a half later and says listen i drank your piss i think i should fuck you too 
and she came over, but she was kind of hippie. Her beaver was out of control. Oh, no. It looked like a piss-soaked horsetail no. coming at me. I had to run a comb through it just to get the, uh, what are those, bow weevils? Those things that get stalled, uh, collies get them when they run through the fields. Uh, burr, a burr. Burr, yeah, like a burr. She had those. I guess she'd been hiking without any underwear on. And she picked up a bunch of bow weevils and burrs and stuff. And let me guess, an excess of labia majora. Uh, I couldn't see anything. Like I said, it was about four feet of hair. Well, you didn't get deep in? You didn't? I, I went in, but there was no, I couldn't find the edge of anything. <laughs> I just, you know, and you then I got so frustrated, I started like a, cutting my own hole in the back of her leg so I could come. It's like a black hole. Are we hole. recording? Yeah, yeah, we're Oh, on. we're recording. Yeah, we're good. Okay, good. Yeah, we're on tape. It's on record. Fantastic. you cut a hole. Thank you, piss drinker. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't know if that was the same tour that I eventually, obviously, I saw you for the first time on the Nasty Show, but then uh, um, saw you live when you came to Kingston one time, Time to Laugh Comedy Club, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, we had a kind of a stern upper middle management type from our office place. It was a work outing, but she came. Oh, you you had come with your company. Oh, yeah. That's always a disaster. Never go party with your boss. It's no fun. We didn't know she was going to come, uh, but she did, you know, because she wanted to be rah-rah, I'm the cool yeah, boss, yeah. right? And was she an older woman? No, she was kind of our age, which made it fun. But she was she was an older woman on the inside, yes. you know? It's like, called dead. Yeah. Because that's how she climbed management so quickly. Okay. And uh, so she uh, was sitting on the outside corner, and we were rather close to the front row, and you paid her some attention. Uh, like, I, I believe you looked at her when you said you were going to bury her body out in the woods or something. Okay. That happens, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then there was, uh, I think you got nude at the end of the show. There's been known to be some nudity. And you came very close to brushing her face or her yeah. nose. Yeah. I actually got told, Mark. I remember Mark Breslin, because I'd laid on some female cops' lap naked <laughs> at the Toronto Club and said, there's nothing you can do because I'm an artist and you're in my name, you know. Yeah. And Mark, I guess they're, they'd maybe send a warning shot or something. And Mark says, you can't touch people naked. I go, but I can be naked. And he goes, <laughs> yes, but no touching. He goes, that's sexual assault. I love the the key message you got out of that was so I can be naked. Yeah, well, I want I don't want to limit myself to anything that might be in the moment, and um, sometimes it goes to a uh, um, a very invasive naked lunatic. If we get there on a good night, you go to that place. If it's it's a great show, if I'm naked at the end on the tables. But I don't do that any. Everything's so PC now that the repercussions from public nudity could be completely blown out of proportion. There's enough naked pictures of me on the internet. So you cut it? I don't really do it. Yeah, no. it's not. Uh, it's nothing. Plus, now you know, being in Los Angeles now, you're limited to you know five to ten minute showcases. So there's not a lot of a lot of time to build characters. It's too much of a sprint to get to that not impossible but it's not my goal you yeah. know you're uh, you started in hamilton you well no, i started in vancouver or, you're from hamilton but you started yeah. in vancouver but uh you're a very international comic right like you've yeah. like you're in la now that's your home mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. what's it like in la i've been to san francisco but i went with a family trip and i couldn't you know get yeah. out to san see. francisco very nice you know and it's it's san francisco to you know 
to um, every major city has its own kind of identity. Edmonton's very different from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I'm purely there for the blood. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not looking to start a family or set a, settle down in Hollywood um, to do any of that. It's all business for me there. You know, it's cool. It's very cool, but it's all work. And um, so I only do things that are 99.9% of my life is geared to performing and everything aspects of that that come after the the live aspect is, you know, the business and the smooths and network, talking to people, setting up shows. But, you know, it goes on and on. I have a very busy day. I sleep for like six hours. I get up, you know, I have my my morning shake and do exercise and then I'm on my computer or I'm moving my legs in the direction that's going to get me to where I want to be. So where is, what's the ultimate goal and where do you want to be? Male prostitute. Ah, Um, I'm sure you would have gotten there in Hollywood by now. Well, I'm going to New York actually on the 12th to start prepping for uh, tonight's show showcases. I'm looking to do... um, Possibly uh, performance on a Tonight Show. So I'm going to New York. Los Angeles is not really a place to build a set, uh, uh, a showcase set. Mm. Um, it's that's a place where you bring finished shit. You know, um, New York is a is the other place. You know where you make cool shit, and you bring the cool shit to the sunshine place, and you try and sell it in the market. I see. It's you the, know New York's I the find. petri dish. LA's yeah. the lab. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, it's full, and that's the thing. You, they're not creative types for the most part in LA because they, you got the directors, the right, you know, all the people behind the creative people. Um, but because they're there, we're drawn to that place, and the weather's great, and fucking, it's cool, you know. Yeah. And you, you find yourself. I was, who was I just talking to? Some, somebody in music. Oh, my friend's uh, the sound guy for Danko Jones. Nice. Corey. And um, we're just, we're sitting at the Bovine a couple nights ago going, isn't this fucking business weird? He's like, just the other day I was with blah, blah, blah. And I go, I know, I was in Finland, you know, doing gigs. And now I'm sitting in a green room smoking a joint with Ronnie James Dio. You know what I mean? And to go, to find yourself in these, I don't know, maybe it's the kind of humble aspect of being a Canadian, we really never, we just kind of run with no arms because we know it's not leading to us having a, a big Canadian film or on a hit talk, on a hit talk show. So it's just pure joy and ambition to be good. So when other, when the rest of the world acknowledges our hard work and stuff, it's like, Oh, this is fucking cool. So finding yourself in foreign countries doing cool shit with rad people's always uh, very enlightening. Finland. You, you, for a time, or do you still do like, like big metal shows over in Scandinavia? Like you open up for metal acts, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done some fucking like first never been done for like ever shit. Um, when I moved, when I lived in England, I I lived in England for five years and, um, because all the countries are very close. And when I started in Vancouver in, in 96, even before I did my first live stand-up show, a lot of my friends were in bands. I when I started doing hanging out in that scene in Vancouver, a lot of my friends were in these very extreme bands and stuff. And 
I was like, do I want to get into music or I want to get into comedy? That was kind of something I, I was like, I, I don't know anything about it. Some of my friends are involved. And then um, after being in those social circles, realizing that depending on other people, having a band is very difficult. You know, other guys get married or blah, 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 and this and that. I don't want to be in a band anymore. Fuck you, fuck you. I didn't want any of that. So comedy, there's one creative vision. It's in your head. Totally. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a control freak that way anyway. So it was it was a natural thing that I did when I done it. It was very clear and, and um, I was very, okay, yes. Yeah, I can work in this, this realm. You know, th- this is something uh, late nights, you know, doing cool shit in that context so a lot of the rock aspect of things that were already in place kind of crossed over to that so when i went to europe and started doing you know i think my first rock festival was glastonbury festival that's like one of the biggest ones in the uk yeah luckily through canadians abroad you know my fucking brothers fleeing from healthcare in Canada, you know, hooked me up with stuff, you know. They they really went to bat for me and, you know, guys like Craig Campbell and Glenn Wool and Sean Collins and Tom State, all these brilliant Canadians that were, and I think I, I kind of made the cut as the last guy, uh, you know, Wilmot, I, I think we were with the same, Mike Wilmot and I yeah. were with the same management company for quite some time and, uh, so they were like, oh, I did this rock festival, but it was very hippie. I did. I think if I remember correctly, it didn't go very well, but being, oh, I never fucking camping at a festival with 130,000 people or something like that, maybe even more now. And um, doing those shows, I'm like, oh, they're standing in the mud at two in the morning, drinking, drugged, eating bad food, and there to see comedy. I'd never seen anything like it. Seeing uh, um, Stuart Lee in a tent with a few thousand kids and you could hear a pin like the this they were so attentive in muddy boots and just haven't showered in days watching i never seen anything like that try and sell that in north america people tell you to go fuck yourself yeah people just ready to laugh yeah they yeah. come out they were they were treated it like the main stage bands you know, there'd, there'd be an extra thousand plus people standing on the outskirts of the tent listening, watching comedy. I was blown away. So when I started doing uh, gigs in Scandinavia and stuff like that, I always really enjoyed European metal in general and then started through hanging out in those music circles, which were very comfortable for me. Um I started to get invited to do uh, various rock festivals like Sonosphere and uh, Download and Bloodstock. And then, but I got to go on in between, like it would be Unleashed, Me, and then Mayhem, you know, Norwegian black metal band uh, after me, and having just as much as a response for that. So, word of mouth, you know, I was the guy. I reached out to all the different festivals and said, look, at, I'm an anomaly. Uh, I, you can see my resume. Like You can look up my uh, jasonrouse.com. You look at posters, you'll see all the lineups, all the bands and all that stuff. So that those those shows were awesome. Yeah, in a roundabout way of answering your question. <laughs> they must have been like crazy, though. Like I mean, I imagine the scene behind the scene of those kind of festivals and tours uh, can't be all that normal either, though. Like, what's it like backstage oh, at some of that? Sometimes it's like it's super boring, you know, because 
It's an industry like any other. There's a lot of hurry up and wait, but I'm sure the after parties are a bit different. Yeah, they can be, you know. Um, Some guys, you know, younger bands will be a little more rambunctious and, you know, just running because they've never been in the situation. But you'll get to bands that have been around and know that they have to pace themselves and they're doing yoga and eating organic food and, you know, to to keep because they've got 200 shows. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, there's some crazy shit. It's mostly me. I was going to say, <laughs> you, you, that's probably your best audience for taking a shit around the corner. No, I don't no. know. <laughs> no, because that's, they've seen all that shit when Gigi Allen came around, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it can be, it can be, it's mostly personalities. There's not, no, no, so much craziness going on. It's just like, what a weird collective of people actors and like movies people and in scandinavia my god the 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 women that go to metal shows there smoke shows yes like yorkville i find scandinavian women generally are just gorgeous dude it's crazy it's sad and and i mean it in the sense that like there's they're they're just genetically gorgeous and uh but a lot of because it's it's everybody looks great for the most part uh, that they don't have the 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 the, the um, defensiveness on it because everybody's fuckable. <laughs> yeah. So opposed to like a hot chick hanging out on a construction site, she's gonna hang herself. She's gonna be harassed with dicks all day. But he, yeah, but over there, it's like, oh well, yeah, I saw Next. three of those on the way to work today. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I went into a subway at um, Galmastan uh, in Stockholm, right near Old Town, and. Uh, there was three girls. They looked like triplet porn stars with no makeup on and and and, and um, aprons. They were smoking. I go in America, you girls, and you see them on bicycles. You go, you never see a girl that hot on a bicycle. Yeah, she'd you're too pretty a, to ride yeah, a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd, be, she'd have a boyfriend who was rich or a chauffeur. Yeah, yeah something. Yeah, there's no way. So, and so friends come over and visit me here because young in Eglinton in Toronto. And they remark on on the hotness level of the women in this neighborhood. Yeah, because they're not stuck up cunts like they are in the downtown core. Well, they're a different type of stuff. I mean, some of the you know power suit types. I'll take them. I've yeah. a lot of those fucking bitches. You know, they like they get cigarettes put on their face when you fuck them. I, I'm telling you, a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Well, that's the you know they're kinkier than people give them credit for. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not the problem. I'm the fucking answer. <laughs> yeah. So I I pull up. Uh, I have to cross Young every day on Eglinton to get home in my car. Mm-hmm. And I get stopped at the stoplights there, and I watch people go from the subway station over to the Young and Egg Center, just going uh, yeah. north on Young. Above and ground commuters. It's Yeah, and it's ridiculous. The hotness level of the people just at that one crosswalk, it's yeah. off the chart. Business, right? You got to be professional, but you got to sling a little dick at the same time, you know what I mean? You know? <laughs> That's why the girl's got a fucking four thousand dollar handbag. Yeah. So back in so back in L.A., who do you run with? Who's your like? Because I I I know at least from my limited experience of comedy, from some of the gang I hung with in Hamilton and the the people I'm experiencing or getting to know a bit in Barrie and in Kingston. There's kind of like a little crowd of a posse. Do you have a guy a crowd like that? Canadians again. It really is. It sounds uh, you know it's Tom Green, Harlem Williams, Russell Peters. Jeremy Hotz, uh, my buddy Malcolm, 
Michael Gelbart. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's, yeah, those are the guys. I, you know, I kind of do a lot of my own stuff, and but um, like when I'm hanging out at the clubs, there's, a, you know, it's usually there's a click at the comedy store, yeah. there's a click at the improv, and there's a click at the Laugh Factory. So those are the only places I really go, and I've got a a pretty good rapport not only with the clubs but the people who frequent them, the locals. So I'm kind of like a. I kind of just weave around. Yeah. yeah, I do my own thing. You know, I'm not. Do you ever? Yeah. Do you ever meet Nikki Glazer by chance? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So she has this show. She's great. Yeah. I haven't seen the show. Uh, my fiance loves it. Yeah. Has it on all the time. She's fucking assassin. Uh yeah. And so, anyways, I'm making dinner the other night, and she's got it on in the background, and I do like a little comedy set. I don't even like to refer to myself as a comedian, maybe a wannabe or whatever. I hear one of my own, I don't want to say one of my own jokes, one of my own references yeah. being done by Nikki Glaser. Sure. I did not take it from her, I swear to God. But what do I do now? I'm having a crisis Write a of joke. Faith. Write a new joke. Thank you. That's Write my- a new joke. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Okay, good. What are you going to do? Take this fucking four words to your grave and go, I was the first. Who okay, gives good. a fuck? All right. Good because that was my immediate impulse as well. I gotta throw and then that. You, if you throw that in the fucking trash, then now. you're in these guys. And regardless, just fuck it. Can you create anything else? Yeah. Or are you I, fucked? Well, I, don't be lazy. Okay, I won't be lazy. I'll don't keep be lazy. On it then I'm write always writing, shit. but I never. I, yeah, we'll make it. Write it and make it work. Write a new joke. Okay. Fuck. Right. Fuck it. That's professional even, advice. Fuck it. That, does that happen often, or is that like it must be? Because I know in music, it's often I hear a riff on a new band that's out, and I'm like, yeah, that's a U2 riff from '87. Totally. You know? And yeah. that's what. And every time you hear that other song, you're gonna think of U2 in '87. So, yeah. do you want to be U2 in '87, or do you want to be? Think, you know, do you want to have your ver? You, you got. You want to be U2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't. I want to be Slayer. Yes, you do. Yeah. So maybe it was so, the wrong reference. Uh, but yeah, shoot for the top. Don't get caught up in other people's cobwebs of nonsense. Uh, Tiff is on right now. Do you check out Tiff at all? You're in Toronto. Why yeah, not? I'm actually going to see a movie with uh, Mark Breslin today. Oh, cool. We're going to go see, it's called Hell Something Another. It's a documentary about Yorkville, the hipster movement in Yorkville in the 50s, 50s and 60s. Oh, like the Beatniks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The original. Uh, so, so I've been very curious because I know that Yuck Yucks open, you know, when it was in the church and then they had the big club. The first real Yucks, I think, was in Yorkville okay. under the old office on Bay Street for a long time. So, and that was like the cool hit play. Oh, Yorkville. We used to go down the pilot, rest, you know, and buy, that was the spot and this. I go, I don't fucking, this place is fucking shit now. You know, it, it's, it, it, I don't see any of that bohemian kind of lifestyle. So I'm curious on what it's like. And I think Queen Street is going to be a New York, newer Yorkville in that sense. It's contagious, big as big business is uh, yeah, the, uh, swallowing the, up the all my of stores. Yeah. Gentrification. Uh, yeah, but we're dead. We're dead soon. Anyways. Fingers crossed. Well, you're, you're hoping for apocalypse? Oh, something. No, not necessarily, uh, you know, Time moves on, you know, and you can either contribute and be a part of it, or you can be the asshole on the horse pointing at the first motor car going, it'll never catch on, <laughs> you know, so it's... 
it's uh you're not supposed to like Justin Bieber, you know, in your thirties, unless no. you're a pedophile or Dave Hudson. Jason Rouse is in the green room. His podcast is called Safe Word. That's Jason Rouse's Safe Word on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're also at uh, Yucks. Uh, like it's like a month, two months? Yeah, I've got, I just finished my week in Toronto. I started in Vaughn. Uh, I've got Mississauga this coming weekend. And then I think um, Niagara Falls. Ajax. And, and then Ajax. I finish. And then New York. I go to New York. I'll be doing some shows in and around New York for. October, November. And then that aforementioned uh, Tonight Show thing. Do some showcases. Start working on that material, man. I got to start from scratch and build a whole new set that will be uh, even looked at. Yeah. I have, I have quite a, you know, uh, some baggage, some uh, uh, stigma. So, you know, reintroduce myself. Well, good luck, man, because I got to go write a new set, too. Yeah, write now. a new set. Yeah, I should. Cool. And uh, thanks for popping by, man. It's been awesome. Um, anything else you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, check out uh, all my social media. Uh, my Instagram is JasonRouse666. My Twitter is JasonRouse666. My Facebook page is JasonRouse666. It's very easy to remember. Yeah. I don't want any mix up with the Jason667, so I wanted <laughs> to make sure I was right. Um, and jasonrouse.com come to my shows or go fuck yourself I'm just gonna hit this button over here yeah start that again yeah that's right we'll fire up our volcano vaporizer from our friends at 420 Canada 420 Kingston it's the uh, I find it's like the Volkswagen of getting high machines yeah it's like the stainless steel beauty it is it's built like a tank and send me some stuff Kingston What's it, what are they called? Oh, 420 Kingston, yeah. 420 Kingston. Get in touch with me. Give me something. I, I'm regular. <laughs> I'm a regular guy. Regular dude. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.